Morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, you had an hour stolen from your lives, and I know you're excited, all right? <laughs> Welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name is Tim, and I'm glad you could be here with us this morning. If it's your first time here, you know, we want you to know that uh, everybody's tired because, like you, they've lost that hour. And um, you can just tell things are kind of dialed back a little bit. So, um, Wake up, okay? Why don't you turn to somebody and just say, hey, listen, you'll get that hour back sometime this year. Turn to somebody and tell them that, okay? You will. You'll get it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got a few things I want to tell you about. If you've got a bulletin, this is what it looks like. And inside are a set of notes. You can follow along in our lesson. We're doing a series called Under New Management. And uh, we'll be looking at time today. As well as uh, there's a, some announcements. And inside there's a thing called Living Differently, Changing the World. It's uh, uh, going to be a, it's a youth activity for, for uh, high school and junior high ministry, if I understand right. Am I correct about that? That's going to be in just a couple of weeks. And what I understand is parents, is it March? It's a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I saw that. Okay, you had that blank look on your face, Susan. Don't look at Gary. I'm just asking. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I get it. Anyway, uh, what, I, what I understand is uh, we want parents to sign, to look at, look at some material in the Welcome Center. Am I correct by that? So if your kids are going to that, Mike Danius says yes. See them at the Welcome Center, parents, so you know a little bit more about what's going on. And we ought to ask the general membership here if you could help out. We're looking for about 350 bucks to send some, some of these kids to, uh, to this event. And if you'd like to help out, just simply write on your check stub for the uh, for reverse. How about that? For reverse. And, uh, and they'll make sure that money gets to that if you'd like to donate to that as well. Uh, let's see. The Ladies Retreat is going to be here in just a, in a, next month. And, uh, and some of you I know are probably thinking, well, didn't we just have a Ladies Retreat? Yes, you did. And what we did was we kind of flipped it this year in 2014. Uh, we decided to, to put the Ladies Retreat sooner in the calendar and the Men's Retreat later in the calendar. And so uh, here on April 4th to 5th, we're going to be having the ladies' retreat here. Now, we know that financially, the last retreat costs quite a bit more. And so, you know, it's too soon to really put you with something, you know, a big bunch of money here all of a sudden, you know, doing a ladies' retreat. So it's only 20 bucks this year. It'll be here on the campus. And you can look for the information here on the Welcome Center. And the theme for this year's ladies' retreat is old ladies. I know some of you are going, I don't like that theme, and that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll kind of shock you. Not because you're an old lady, but because the Bible, we learn from the women of the Old Testament some incredible truths for women today. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. Our ladies are going to be focusing on that uh, here on April the 4th and 5th here at Greater Alton. And uh, I believe uh, the, the money covers the fee, the $20 fee covers breakfast and lunch. Lunch and breakfast and lunch provided? Oh, my goodness. This is bad. Can, can I come? Maybe not. Then you could call it old man. Okay. Oh, yeah. Whatever. All right. So, anyway, that's in the bulletin. If you'd like to check that out, I uh, would love for you to do that. We're in a, again, we're in a series. I've been kind of out of the loop uh, last week. Can you believe we canceled services? I know some of you going, oh, we could have got here. Well, good luck. I couldn't have. But it was, uh, we had ice-covered roads and can you believe it? It's going to like be almost 60 degrees today. What's going on here? It's March. And it's that month that flirts with you. And just when you start going, it's spring, it pulls the rug out from under you. 
So you better get used to it, okay? But, uh, you know, here we, uh, we didn't have services last week, and I think Gary preached the week before, so I've been, I'm out of practice. I'm a little rusty today, so uh, give me a little grace here. But uh, we're, we're in a series called uh, Under New Management, and you'll see this sign from time to time on a, on a store or, some, or, a, or a place of business, Under New Management. And, you, and what does it tell you? It tells you, hey, something's changing. Something wasn't going well, and they had to change the management. And you hopefully when you go in, it's completely different than it used to be. And I want you to know this morning that, that Jesus Christ is wanting you to be under new management. And, and, uh, and by the way, he wants to completely change everything on the inside. You know, if your life's a certain way right now, and you go, man, I wish I could make those changes. You can by giving your life to Christ. That's, I'm a big believer in that. I believe that's true. And so we've been looking at this idea of what does it mean to be under new management? Well, it means that we're to manage everything in our lives like God wants because it belongs to Him. Now, I know, you know, if you ever do a search of sermons, and by the way, I don't know if you, how many of you do this, but if you've ever been asked to speak at a retreat or maybe in the pulpit or, or share something, a lot of people will go to this place called Sermon Central. And you can type in any topic and they give you all these sermons. And one, this week my wife was looking, she's preparing for the laser retreat, and she said, you know, Tim, there's a lot of bad sermons on the Internet. And I go, I agree with you. And one of the areas I find that churches are really missing is this idea of stewardship. Because it seems like all the sermons are about is money, money, money. Now, we do talk about money. We will talk about money in this series. But do you know that when you talk about stewardship, you're talking about much more than money? You're talking about everything in your life. Why? Why does everything matter? Well, everything, we need to manage it because it belongs to God. Look at this passage here in your notes up here on the screen in Psalms 24. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. What's he saying? He's saying everything and everybody belongs to God. You know, we like to think we're the owners of everything. I got my name on the deed. I got my name on the title. You know, I've got my name on my on my whatever item I got. If I bring a disc to church, I write the name, my name, so it belongs because it belongs to me. Technically speaking, it belongs to God. You've just been given given to to use it on loan. How do you know that? When you die, you can't take it with you. It stays here, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it goes into a yard sale or it goes somewhere else because you can't take it with you. It belongs to God. And so stewardship, when we talk about stewardship or managing things, it's not really about money. It includes that, but much more. It's talking about managing everything that belongs to God. And we've come up with a lot of T's. And uh, In fact, uh, if you're in a, a discipleship group or a small group here at Greater Alton, we're going through some material that we found is extremely helpful because it covers more than money. It talks things about things like that begin with the letter T we've used. Treasures. I think um, here is, right over here is an example. I think Gary was talking about talents a few weeks ago. But there's, the, there's treasure. There's things that we treasure in our life and we can, either, we can either use it or we can bury it and keep it to ourselves. There's, there's not only money that we manage, you know, of course. Now, what would you call that sort of the T? Huh? Help me out. Okay. Uh, that we have to take care of sharks because they could hurt you. What? What in the world? Oh, I remember now. Gary was talking about how to be a shark and how to use our talents. And God, God's given you talents, and He doesn't want us to bury them. He doesn't want somebody else to manage them. 
He wants you and I to invest them and use them. And when He does, He just expands our, our borders of influence in this world. You and I are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And God wants to use your talents and your abilities for that purpose. Okay? Let's see, what are the T's? There's our testimony. I had somebody ask me one time, why are you a Christian? He was from Iran. Why are you a Christian? It's a good question. And I began to, I never had anybody ask me that before. And I began to share with him. And I realized, you know what? I need to learn how to explain why I'm a Christian. I, there's not only that tea, there's, uh, there's tasks that we have, things at work, you know, we, at work that we do as employees, that we need to do the best job we can, not to impress the boss, but the CEO of life. And then there's this idea of, of uh, taking care of the trash in our life. Are we supposed to take care of the environment, Tim? Well, yeah. Well, you mean, so we're supposed to, we're, we're all going to be tree huggers by the end of this series? No, I don't think that's what God's calling us to do is to hug the trees, okay? But I do think He wants us to take care of the earth and pass it on in good shape. He wants us to use those resources. He wants us to use those resources. In fact, when He made man, He said that, to take care of the earth. And you find passages all over the Bible where men and women of God took care and respected the earth. But to, but there's one thing I think we, we all have in common, whether it's... Um, all these other things, we know this is one thing we have in common. We have the same amount of it, and that's time. And that's time. And look what the Bible says here. It says, make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. What do you think of that? I know what you're thinking. You're on the clock, Tim. So what we're going to do today is... We're you know what they say when a preacher looks? You know what it means when a preacher looks at a clock? Absolutely nothing. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Ryan built that for us. Ryan did the sharks, the shark jaws, and I said, Ryan, could you build me a stopwatch? Look at that. Is that amazing? Yeah. And what I noticed about him was this: he jumped right in. I, I didn't have to say persuade him or twist his arm. Oh yeah, I want to do a clock. I wonder why. You're on the clock, Tim. You know we're all on the clock. And and I wanted it to pass time as we talk today about it. Because we're to make the best use of our time. I'm to make the best use of it. And by the way, I want to say to you here, right off the bat, you coming to church, what a way to spend some time. Best thing you could have done today. Is come to church. I know they took. I know the government took that hour from you. Ben Franklin started this daylight savings time. You know that, don't you? And ever since then, you know, as a Native American said one time, some chief said, "I don't understand why the government thinks cutting off one end of the blanket and putting it on the other end lengthens the blanket. It doesn't do anything." Okay, you know I'm. And I know, you know, you might think, man, I could have used that extra hour to sleep. Or Let me tell you, you could spend a better hour and a half, three hours at church today than you could today. You know what I'm saying? It's, what a, God bless you for doing this, for taking the time. I know some of you could have stayed in bed. Some of you could have said, I'm going to stay home. No, what do you do? You say, I'm going to church. What a way to start your week. 
you will be rewarded for that. I guarantee you, you will be rewarded this week because you started your week with the Lord. All right? I think that's cool. Make the best use of your time. Okay. I think about that. I think about things about time. You can't save it. You can't kill time. You can't lose time. It's always here. You know what I'm saying? I lost time. I lost track of time. Well, you may have lost track, but it was there reminding you all the time. You, 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 You can't do anything except use it or lose it. Uh, yesterday, whatever you did yesterday, it's now in hard copy. It cannot be altered. Whatever you did yesterday, tinkered around, worked out in the yard, or you just watched movies, that log of what you did on March the 8th is right there for, every, for God to see, for eternity. You exchanged your time for something when you stop and think about it. And God knows that, and of course you know that, and that's why He encourages you and I to make the best use of your time. Why? Because despite all the difficulties of these days, man, aren't they difficult? Where does all the time go? Can I tell you where some of it goes? U.S. News reported this, that we, in our lifetime, 25 to 27 hours of your life, you're going to be sleeping. 20, I'm sorry, 25 to 27 years of your life, you'll be sleeping. You've chosen a few of those this morning. Okay. Eight years, eight years you're going to be watching TV. Eight years solid of TV. Six years eating. I think I can challenge that. I'm working on maybe eight years. Five years waiting in line. Most of that is at Lowe's. Anyway, or the Godfrey Walmart. Yes, that's bad there. Four years doing housework. Did you, but you say, what? Those are interesting. Is there anything else? Yeah, this is very interesting. Today's generation, in, our, in the way it is today, you, you're going to spend, if you add it all up, a year on YouTube. A year of your life on YouTube. Some of you go, I don't mind. If I can eat, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, it's funny, Miley Cyrus has this video out that, uh, is that the twerking one? I can't remember which one it is. Uh, is it you? Hit me like a wrecking ball. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of those. I can't remember which one it is. Miley, yeah, Miley. Yeah. Here's what's interesting about it. I had a, a preacher friend of mine found out how many hits it's been viewed or how many times it's been viewed and added up the time. It comes to a thousand years. That the world has together has spent a thousand years worth of time watching this video. Wow. I can't get people look at me for thirty minutes. Wow, that's amazing. You're going to spend a year of your life looking for lost things. Lost keys, lost billfolds, lost children. You mean you never lost? I've lost my kids before. You know that. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to get something. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. 
Okay. I'm not, I'm not changing same clothes. Okay, look, look. It's cell phone. It's iPhone. Do you know, did you know that the average American checks his cell phone over 40,000 times a year? 40,000 times of, did anybody text me yet? LOL. <laughs> it's on YouTube again. I want to see Miley, you know. 40,000 times checking. Some of you probably checked your phone today. Maybe already. I got to move. Time just passes. Where's all my time going? All kinds of places. You're going to spend six months of your life playing Angry Birds. And I don't even, I, I could not find it. Somebody help me and text it to me. How much time does the average American play Clash of Clans? I just, I, I, I'm watching people playing, playing it behind stage over here, for crying out loud. Yes, I saw you, Ben. I'll be talking to somebody. Excuse me, I go, oh, it must be important. You must be getting medical results. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? I see you too. Oh, funny. Funny. Okay. I'm surprised since you're so busy. Oh. But you know, it's, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm talking to somebody, they're just a, oh, what are you doing? There must be something important. You're working on something, you're researching it. No, I'm playing Clash of Clans. And, and my city got attacked last night, and I'm trying to rebuild it again. Okay. I'm up here. Look at me. You know, that kind of a thing. Some of you maybe worked on it this morning already. And, what's, and, and, and guys, I don't know about you, but if, you, if you're a person that shaves, you're going to spend uh, 3,500 hours shaving in your lifetime. And in your lifetime... The average American is going to have 500 days of free time. 500 days, that's all you get. Out of 70 years. Some of you are saying, I think I'm the reason that number's so high. Good for you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. And they are difficult. It's, it's tough. You know, I want to do... i got so many things I want to do, but I never seem to have enough time to do it. And that's what makes life so difficult. I heard somebody say this. I thought this was kind of funny. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. And I think that's true. I think the Bible supports that kind of idea. He's saying... You can manage your time. It doesn't have to manage you. See, if you don't manage your time, it's going to manage you. And it's going to be managed by other people or other pressures. Something is going to take your time. Or you can take control of it. You say control. Well, take ownership. Take management of it. Because God owns it. Gives you the same amount of time as everybody else. And He wants you to manage it. Look at this passage. Is there another passage? 
Good, they aren't playing Clash of Clans now. Look at this. I wisdom. Look at what the Bible says. I wisdom will make the hours of your day more profitable. The years of your life more fruitful. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? If this is God speaking. And God, who is the one who is, has no end or beginning, the Alpha and the Omega, who's like a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. What's that mean? Well, that means you can figure out in the book of Revelation. No, it doesn't mean that. That's not what that verse is for. It's just saying God has no stopwatch. God isn't governed by time. He's forever this way in the past and forever this way in the future. And he says, since I got the most time, let me tell you, and I gave you some of this. Some of you are going to have time for about 70 years. Some of you may be having time even less. And God says, I've given you this time, and I want you to manage it well. And I know how to make it more profitable and more fruitful. How's that happen? How does that happen? How can I make every second count? How can I get a grip of my time here? Well, let me give you at least five ideas that you can try. And there's probably others. I mean, there's preachers online who are much better at this than I am, but I'm going to give you five that, that work for me. I believe are in the Bible. And, and by the way, Solomon weighs in on these things in the book of Proverbs. Here's the first thing I can do. I can make the best use of my time when I line up my priorities. That's the first thing I've got to do. I've got to line up what's important and what isn't. See, one of the reasons you and I don't have enough time to do all the things we want to is because we don't prioritize. We're running all over the place. We refuse to choose is what's going on. We just refuse to choose. We refuse to decide what's going to get my time. And ultimately, you decide that. Look what the Bible says here in Proverbs. Look what Solomon says. An intelligent person aims at wise actions. But a fool starts off in many directions. What's he, ta- what's he talking about here? That word aims has stuck out to me. Aims at wise actions. He's managing what he's going to do. So he's aiming. And when you're aiming at something, aiming implies focus. Doesn't it? If I'm aiming this direction, I'm not aiming that direction. And when I'm aiming at what... In other words, this is what I want to do with my life, or these are the things that I'm going to learn what's important, and I'm going to aim for those, that everything I do, every decision I make, is either going to help me achieve that. Well, it will. Every decision I make, then, is to achieve that priority, to fulfill that priority, to, to experience whatever it be. Close to God, work a good worker, an honest person, Saving money, whatever it be, whatever priority you choose, it's what's going to get your time. So you have to start there. And Solomon says, aim here. Don't go in several directions at one time. A lot of us here don't have any time because we're going in too many directions. I try to get, I want to do all this, but you can't. Life is designed to where you cannot do everything. You have to choose. And your choices definitely have consequences. Am I right? And see, this idea of, of, that aiming implies focus, it's a, it's a focus on something and a focus off something at the same time. That's what I do. How is it? I mean, think about this. How can somebody who has the same amount of time, you ever notice these people? You know somebody, 
they seem to be accomplishing so much more. How are they able to do that? They have the same amount of time you and I have. Why are they able to do that? Choices. They've set their priorities. This is going to be important to me, and this is not. And I learned, by the way, guys, I'm talking from experience here. When I was in my 20s, oh, my. I, I have a little uh, a memory book from high school. And one of my friends, I said, would you write something in here? You know, like the annual or the, you know, the photograph of everything. And they wrote in there, Tim Gill, you silly little kid, you won't even comb your hair. I didn't even know, I, I didn't even know people noticed that. I didn't take the time to comb my hair. Because you're silly, such a silly kid. Lana Weber wrote that. I went, I remember seeing her. What are you saying? Tim, you never combed your hair. I did. You were a mess. It wasn't a priority, I guess. That might be why it affected my dating so much. I don't know. Something there going on. But I just remember in my 20s, I was having a hard time trying to figure things out. Then I start figuring some things out and I start disciplining and, and making some choices in, in my early 20s into my 30s and 40s. And now I'm in my 50s and guess what I'm learning? I'm back to that where I'm having to line up my priorities all again. I'm learning that my priorities, have you figured this out? They change. They change. They change from being single to being married, from being married to having children. I don't know if you know this, I'm going to be a grandpa. You all know that? Yeah. Someone said, Nathan and the cult? No, Matthew and Brian. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, and talk about changing their lives. Married in May. Now we're pregnant. Living the dream. <laughs> you know? It's different. See how we waited nine years before we had our kids? No so different. We waited too long. But I just think it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Changes? Have priorities changed? You think their priorities didn't change? When he said, I do, do what? Change my priorities. I'm pregnant, which means change my priorities, and those kids will grow, and then they'll leave the home. Excuse me. <laughs> Empty nest. Change. You don't think your life doesn't change priorities? You get cancer, priorities change. You go broke, priorities change. Divorce, priorities change. Am I right about that or not? It's always happened. So you've got to keep on top of your priorities, folks. You've got to be watching those things because they move around a lot. And one of those priorities ought to be you make sure you love the Lord. So you've got to manage, you've got to line up those priorities. Line them up. Someone says, well, I don't have time. Yeah, you do. What you don't have is priority. you got time, plenty of it, but you don't have priority. And that's why you can't get things done, the things that need to be done. You have to prioritize. Solomon says, stupid to go in all these different directions. Don't go in all these different directions. Aim for something and go for it. And I want to encourage this church. I want to encourage all you Christians, man. I want to encourage you to go, you know what? I'm going to aim for something and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to aim for a priority in my life and I'm going to make that a priority and nothing's going to stop me from having that. 
Number two. Kind of relates to number one because I wanted to make the point twice. I manage my time when I learn to say no. You say, well, you just said that a little bit. Yeah, I know. But I want to talk about it some more. I think i got enough time to do that. Yep. Okay. Notice, I want you to go back to your notes. Look at that first verse, or that second verse again in Ephesians. Remember what it said? Make the best use of your time. Remember what it said? And look, why? And look what it says. Despite all the difficulties of these days. You know, I'm finding the most difficult thing when it comes to time management is learning the difference between urgent things and important things. I just haven't got it figured out. I still need help with that. I, I, it's hard for me to distinguish between something that needs me to do something now versus needs me to do something, do it later, though it sounds so urgent. Because urgent things, see, we react to. They get our attention like a four-alarm fire. Whoop, whoop, whoop. But how many times have you had somebody say, I need your help right now. And you think, oh, I, oh it's two in the morning. How about I'll, I'll, I'll call you back in the morning. You know, let me get, I'll be, okay, fine. And then we call them back in the morning and, and so what's the problem? I got here as fast as I could. Uh, there's, it's all fine now. What? See, I just, I just got fooled by an urgent thing. It sounded like it needed to be took care of. And I don't know how you are, how many alarms, everything happens to be, a four-alarm fire. You're going to waste a lot of time. And what usually happens is, and by the way, it's not just things that, oh my goodness, but sometimes urgent, an urgent thing is something I like to do rather than what I need to do. Think about that. Because what urgent things do is, if we're not careful, if we don't learn to monitor them, learn to say no to them, they crowd out the important. So all we're doing is dealing with urgent stuff, and we're wore out. It's awful quiet, but think about it, guys. It doesn't make sense, doesn't it? See, managing my time involves choosing and refusing. It's learning to say no. Solomon said this in Proverbs, it is stupid to waste time on useless projects. I'll never forget first time we was reading Proverbs. Matthew and Nathan and I were going to school. They were little kids. And, and Matthew goes, <laughs> the Bible says stupid. And it does. Every time I see the word stupid, I start thinking about that moment. It says stupid, Dad. I said, it does. And then he says, it's stupid to waste time on useless projects. What's he saying there? There's some things that will waste your time. He's not saying, he's saying this, by the way. He's, saying, he's, saying, he's trying to say it somewhat like this. There are some things that are not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. That, that wasting time may not be over something sinful, just over something stupid. That happens all the time. You stop and think about it. How many, how many hours, minutes, things were taken off taken from what you needed to focus on this past week because of something that just wastes your time. I'm going to sit down and just watch one show and I end up watching eight. How'd that happen? You know, that couch, it's like gravity. is stronger there than any place on the planet if you're not careful. No, I've, I've, I've got to choose and I've got to refuse. And Solomon says, look, You've got to learn the difference between urgent 
and important. And, and guys, all I can say is, you know, search the web. There's lots of information out there about how to choose, how to do that. I haven't got time to talk about it, and I'm not very good at it. So, but I know it's important. When I've chose well, oh, things are so much better. I actually feel like I've accomplished something, and you will too. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. It's, it's important, okay? Here's number three. When I make a schedule. What? Gary and I were remembering. He was reminding me. And I, uh, well, it wasn't Gary. It was somebody who was reminding me of the Daily Planner. Who was that? Is there somebody here in the room here? Somebody was saying, remember the time we used to carry around those daily planners? Everybody carried them when I first became a Christian. And, and I came here and moved here in 85. And everybody got these daily planners. And you'd write down. It was Alan. That's who it was. And he goes, I remember those. And I go, yeah. I remember filling out a schedule when I was 20, 21 years old. Rex Crossman set me down and said, Tim, you're wasting a lot of time. I'm a busy man. I'm not saying you aren't busy, but you're busy doing a lot of stuff that's a waste of time. Have you ever made a schedule? What's that? He said, just write it out. And we wrote out the week. He put the times from 6 o'clock in the morning till midnight. Not that I was going to do the whole day. but And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like that. He goes, okay. We started with Sunday. He goes, let's write down everything in your schedule that you know you're going to do you can't get out of. And I went, well, that's easy. I'm going to have my quiet times. I want to make sure I do those. They're right there. I've got this meeting here, this meeting here, and this meeting here. I'm getting with this person, this person, this person. And I put Wednesday. I've got church on Sunday. I'll put, the, put it down. Okay. And I've got Wednesday. Okay, I'll put it down. Okay, you got it. Is that it? Well, I've got a, a Bible talk or a cross check. We'll put that down. Well, there it is. Okay. Now, what are you going to do with the rest of the time? Wow, there's a lot of time there. So I tried to fill it. Well, i got to do this and this and this and this and this. this. And I write it all down. And he goes, okay. And then he takes a pen knife and he cuts out all the squares that I didn't fill out. And says, look how much time you have. Because I said to him, I don't have time to preach. He wanted me to preach. Them. I've got time for that. You don't? Because look at here. You've got about 20 hours. Uh, and that's not even getting to 3 o'clock yet. Look at all the time you got, Tim. You don't tell me you can't put together a sermon in 20 hours. I don't know. He goes, Tim, you can talk to a fence post for three hours. You can do this. <laughs> okay. I'll try. And what I learned was, you know, and all of us here have to-do lists, right? You got to-do lists, right? I got them too. And I noticed a lot of them to don't get done on that to-do list. I got a to-do list on my cell phone. I got a to-do list on my iPad. I got a to-do list on my computer at work. I've got a to-do list on a whiteboard at the shop. And I noticed something about all of them. They just keep getting longer and longer and longer. And less things get done. Why? I'm not making time for them. You've got things you want to do. It forces you to prioritize. You need to write it down. Look at the, what the Bible says here. Look what Solomon said. Again, here's a guy who was wise and he learned to use his time in a fruitful, productive way. The prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. What are you planning to do this week? You got plans? I'll tell you what. If you don't have plans, somebody else or something else is going to plan for you. Am I right? You know that happens. If you don't put a plan down, it's going to be... Because life, you can't spell life without spelling if and everything. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen. So you've got a plan. You know, again, why? I I think I have down your notes, to-do list. Why don't they work? Because I'm finding out mine didn't work for a long time. I write all these to-do lists. I'm a big believer in them, but they weren't working. Why not? Well, they're not specific enough. That's the first thing. 
They're just not specific enough. To-do lists are not specific enough. What do you mean, Tim? Well, they might tell you what, but they don't tell you when. And a schedule tells you both. You see, when you put together a schedule, you write it down. And I want to challenge all of you here. Now, I, I, I know some of you here are going, I'm not doing that. Okay, then I'm done talking to you. The rest of you, when you do this, it's going to change your life. If you've got the guts and the courage to try it this week. Last two weeks, I decided to fill out a schedule. You know, since we had that snow thing, I'm thinking, I'm talking about time, and I got convicted about I'm going to write down a schedule and see what happens. And I noticed something. My to-do list started getting shorter. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I just wrote it down. See, it's, it's more apt to get done when you write it down. I believe that's true. I, it, it, it happens. When you write it down, it's able to get done. Look, it says here, careful planning, it says here, puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Can you identify with that? I bet you can, I don't, I can identify with the hurry and scurry part. What I think God wants us to do is start identifying with the careful planning part. As a Christian man and woman, listen to me, regardless of your age, God wants you to manage your time. And it's time you learn to carefully plan and be identified with that part of the passage and not this scurry and hurry part of the passage. Amen? Why not this week try it? Why not try it? It's a lot of schedule. Well, you just want me to fill it up? No, I'm saying put in free time too. Put in some free time too, but make that your free time. You know what I'm saying? Put it down. Some of you need to put down date night with your wife. Amen. I mean, I've got to schedule it? It's more apt to get done when you write it down. Hubba hubba. Plan it. Obviously, Matt and Brian are planning. And the rest of us, married couples, let's plan. Have a little fun with that. Okay, you got that. You figured that out. Make a schedule. Okay? Now, number four. I, I can manage my time and get the most out of every second when I lighten up my attitude. Like I said before, that word if is in life, guys. And just after talking about all this planning and all this stuff, you know it doesn't always go as planned, right? I can write it down. doesn't mean it's going to get done. I know. I didn't guarantee it would get done because there's always going to be an interruption somewhere. I get interrupted constantly. I, I get it. And though I cannot listen, listen to me, you may not be able to choose and choose what happens to you this week. You can choose your attitude on how you respond this week. It makes a big difference, guys. Let me show you how powerful attitude is. Look at this passage. It says here, a relaxed attitude, a relaxed attitude, I'm sorry, when a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. When he is cheerful, everything seems right. Then it says, look at it says in the next passage here. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. He's saying attitude affects the time I have on earth. I don't think I'm stretching them passages. I think that's pretty clear, pretty simple when you think about it. So when I choose, I might not be able to choose. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to choose and plan everything out. What does it say? That man sets his course with the Lord, directs his steps. I mean, even God's going to maybe change my plans, but I can always choose my attitude. 
Always choose it. And when I choose a relaxed attitude, a, a, a good attitude, it just makes a big difference. Gloomy, woomy, wazzy, woo-woo, wine. Do you need some cheese with your wine today? Attitude is not going to get you very far. You're going to be wore out by noon. But it says here, relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. I get from that that God can use me longer when I choose a better attitude. I've got to find a way to relax that attitude. I get all uptight. Deadlines. How do I do that? What can I do? Well, look, this is a cheerful. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. If there's anything I've learned in the last several months, you know, 2013 was a tough year for a lot of us, including myself. And, you know, sometimes you just get so gloomy and dimness, everything's bad. Look, this is going to happen. Yeah, but it won't last. It's almost like the Eeyores have taken over. You got an Eeyore in you? Well, poo. I don't know. Sounds like Snuffleupagus and Jabba the Hutt together, you know? Well, I, didn't, I saw that wasn't going to work out. Well, thanks to you for that attitude. Now I want to go kill myself. <laughs> you're, you're making it so tough on me. No, when you, when you find a way to change that attitude, it changes. It may not change the situation, but it changes your perspective. It has a profound impact on your perspective. What can I do? Well, for one of the things, I can do two things. One is laugh a little. Just laugh a little bit. You know, who makes you laugh? Everyone, who, who is a, a person that just makes you go, oh my gosh, you're crazy? My brother makes me laugh. If I ever want to, I call him all the time. Hey, man, how are you doing? What's going on? And within 10 minutes, he's got me laughing my head off. They're just, you know, I, sometimes we need laughter is the best medicine. I've got a few things I want to show you. If we can pull them up here. This daylight savings time. Look at this. Here's, a, here's one. I never bother turning my clock ahead. It's easier just to show up for everything an hour late. Some of you have done that today. You may look like this woman. You may not look like this woman. But you have this problem like this woman. Look at this other one here. This wife's talking to this guy. The fact that we moved our clock forward one hour last night doesn't prove your theory of time travel. Look at him. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> look at this next one. I, just found, I love this. This looks like Pat Honey behind the stage. Daylight savings time is great when you have insomnia. You get an extra hour of staying awake. <laughs> well, that's an old picture. Look at that monitor. Okay, look at this. There we go. I thought of Mike Danius when I saw this one. Daylight savings time. Talk in my car will finally be correct. Yeah, man. I think you've got some mashed potatoes there. Look at this. Early days of daylight savings. Yeah. Okay. Let's look at the next one. I like, uh, this is the Grim Reaper talking to a fella. This new daylight savings time is too confusing. You were supposed to die an hour ago. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, we got to learn to laugh sometimes with this time thing, or else it's just going to drive us crazy. And God didn't give you 24 hours to go insane. He gave you 24 hours to use and, and, and to sleep a little, to eat a little, enjoy life a little bit. And sometimes we just need to learn to laugh. 
And I don't know what you use to make you laugh. And there's a TV show that makes you laugh or a, a clean comedian that makes you laugh. You know, or, or maybe it's just a person. You just call them on the phone. Hey, let me hear something because you make me. You're a silly person. I need you in my life. Another thing I can do is play a little. Learn to play a little bit. Oh, by the way, let me show that proverb. I love this. The Bible's funny. Look at it says here. Being kidnapped and held for ransom never worries a poor man. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's in the Bible right there. It's a joke. I was like, going, oh, man. I can see someone going, oh, boy. Tim's going to love this one. I'm going to write this right down. <laughs> and it's true, you know. Then play a little. Just play a little. I couldn't find a verse for this. Really couldn't find a verse other than Jesus taking time to relax and things like that. But sometimes we just need to play a little bit. When's the last time you played? I'm talking to you old people. We know the kids play. They're playing Clash of Clans right now. Okay, what do you do to play? What do you do to relax? What do you do to get an emotional break? I think Alan said this to me. Without a little break every once in a while, it's going to break. You're going to get broken. And sometimes we need that little time to play. Play with your kids. Matt and Brian were over uh, Friday night, and we played threesies. It's a great game of skill and embarrassment. And uh, Denise got last. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she says I laugh too much about that, but I do. But, uh, but play a little bit. Play with your kids. Play with, you know, have fun with your spouse. Do something besides sit on the couch. Play a little bit. You'd be surprised of the results. See, I believe a lack of a lack of days off leads to off more off days. And some of you, you're not taking a day off. You're by the way, some of you are lazy. I'm not talking about you. You're just lazy. And you're not you know, and you're having an off day because you're not working. You're not doing anything. You're just kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen. You need to make it happen. But the rest of us here that are working too much, you seen that Cadillac commercial? You know, the guy from Band of Brothers, the Americans are working hard all the time. We work 20, 50 billion hours a day. Europe, they take a whole month of August off. You know, not us. We want the best. He walks through and the kids have got this opulent house. We like everything. We want everything. And I'm going, stop right there. I think that's a good point. We work ourselves to death. And when do we enjoy any of this stuff? You're on call all the time. I want you to know you're on the clock all the time. And you need to spend some of that time, take some of that time, carve out some of that time to play a little bit. When's the last time you went to Pierre Marquette and hiked, hiked through the woods with your family? That's fun. Just take some time off. When's the last time you just said, look, we're going to shut the phone off for a minute and let's just play something without an interruption. Maybe that would help, Okay. Got to lighten up that attitude, guys, or life's gonna, time's going to just cave in on me. Here's the last thing. If I really want to manage my time, it's when I look up to God. What are you talking about, Tim? I'm talking about having some time with the Lord. I don't have time for that. That's your problem. I don't have time to get with God every day. I used to say it. I can't believe I can finally say I used to say that. 
Because there was a time when all I could say was, I don't have enough time. I don't get with God every day. You guys remember the men's retreats? I'd show my quiet time journal and show you the dates. I remember that time I read the dates, and there were six, eight days or maybe a month apart of having a quiet time. And I know everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Tim, you promote quiet time, and you don't even have it every day, or you don't even have it like once a week? No. And I remember getting so sick and tired of it. I said, I am going to have a, I'm going to get some time with God if it kills me. And it didn't. It didn't. So for over five years, every day, one day I got it one in the morning. A day slipped by me. But I got up. I said, I'm going to do it. Why, Tim? You want to keep a record or something? No, I want to be faithful. And I, I take it seriously now. I need it. Look what the Bible says here. Look what it says, how it happens when you revere God. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. Now, I know you can revere God several ways. I'm not saying it has to be, you know, get a Bible out and read your Bible every stinking day and write your thoughts down. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you ought to be looking up to God every day. In some way, some form, until it adds hours. Wait a minute. God, you can add hours? Well, didn't he move a shadow? In the Bible one time, the guy said, give me more time, God. And he moved some shadows. I mean, he moved the whole time thing because he can do that. Can he add time to my life? Apparently he can. How does he do that? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, when I, when I start my day by looking up to God, it's like he sorts out my priorities and my plans a little better, and I find that time. That's all I can figure it to be. It's like he adds the hour somehow. He adds some time. Guys, the reason some of you here don't have time to do anything or much of anything, some of you say, I'd like to, I'd like to have more time to serve God. You know, you've got to change that priority if you want to do that. Some of you, I just don't have time to do that. It's because you don't have, your priorities aren't right. Let's that's, 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 be honest here. Some of you aren't serving the Lord at all or very little because... You're not giving any time to Him. Personal time. Because if you did, it would remind you of your purpose. Every day, a little bit, of your purpose. And and, and honestly, the reason you're having trouble with a lot of this time management is because you're focusing. Listen, this is not just a cliche. You're focusing on your load and not on your Lord. It's a big difference. I know this. I've been doing it for over five years now. Not perfect. Not saying that. I'm just saying by spending some time with God. You know, I, I wrote down this week, I'm going to have a quiet time in the morning. Because some of you get my daily text in the afternoon. Something snatches my time. And by the time I catch up, I'm like, what happened? And I'm trying to get back to that morning. Because I know some of you are waiting for that. You want to know what, what, what's some thoughts here? What can I tell you? Cut out the middleman. Read your Bible. Read the daily text. Get on, get, read, read the daily Bible that's on our website and find that passage if that's what you want to do. And come up with your own daily text in your head. Spend some time with the Lord. Let me challenge you to do that. Why? Well, it adds hours. Look what else it says. Reverence for God gives the man deep strength. I can have deeper stamina, deeper emotional stamina, physical stamina, deeper strength when I revere the Lord. He gives me energy. How's he able to do that? By starting my day. He sets the tone, sets the direction. Guys, I've got to say it again. The best thing you did today was come here. 
You've set the direction for your week. You're saying, Lord, I want it to start off on a spiritual foothold, a spiritual direction. And may God bless you to, get, to, to, to enjoy the whole week like that. And not forget, not the sermon, but the idea of, hey, I'm going I'm to look to God every day. That little booster shot I need every day. It gives me strength. Why should I? I want to challenge you. Spend 30 minutes every day with the Lord this week. Why? Because you become who you spend time with. You become like God. It says here in Proverbs, depend on the Lord in whatever you do and your plans will succeed. I can't think of anything better than starting your day with the Lord. It sets you up to succeed. And it's difficult days to do that. Am I right? And yet, spending time with God will do that. Got one last verse as we close out. Jesus asked this. I've always used this passage and thought of this passage in, in other contexts. Never with time. But I want you to see, this is the heart of managing God's time that He gives me. Right here. It's answering this question all the time. What will I give in exchange for my soul? What will I give in exchange for my time? Because, folks, you're exchanging something for the time that you have. Let me read a poem to you. It goes like this. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I wish. I can waste it or I can use it. What I do today is, is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something that I've traded for. I want it to be gain, not loss. Good, not evil. Success, not failure. In order that I shall not regret the price I paid for it. God gives you each day. And you're exchanging. You're exchanging something for this time. I know a lot of times we think, well, the money's, maybe money is one of the most important things. Let me tell you what outdoes money. Your time. Your time. What people are going to remember you for is not how much money you had in the account, but what did you do with your time? Your time with your family. Your time with your friends. Your time with God. What are you giving? Ex- what, I just want to ask you, what are you exchanging for the time? What will you exchange this week? I'm not saying it has to all be church business. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to be all that. But what will it be what God wants you to do? See, that's at the heart of stewardship. It's God's, not mine. What do you want me to do, Lord? And may God help you this week and perhaps the rest of your life because of this, because of what we're talking about. Look at the time that you've spent. Look at the time. Not how long I preached. Look at the time. Look at the time. It's passing. Do you see it passing? And you can use it or waste it. Use it. Honor God by using it. He's given you that for that purpose.